All right, welcome to episode 10 of the Paul Hickey podcast, broadcasting from the Tower Market in Delhi in East Nashville. I'm here with a straight up badass, Chance Strickland. He is a web developer slash overall stud at Snapshot Interactive in Nashville and uh, also with offices in St. Louis and other markets throughout the U.S. And uh, pumped to, I've been wanting to talk with Chance for a while now because I feel like he has some amazing perspective in his career. Uh, He's now a web developer, but um, has experience as a project manager. He has a lot of experience in healthcare, um, in the agency world. And uh, Snapshot does uh, video animation, has an amazing web design and development team, amazing digital marketing, SEO, Google AdWords capabilities, which I'm proud to be a part of. And uh, so Chance, uh, awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you for your time, man. Really pumped to have you. And uh, why don't you give us a little bit more of an overview of uh, who you are and what you're all about? Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, appreciate you having me on. And I'll try to speak loudly into the microphone. We've got a lot of sandwich orders flying across the room here. So try to make sure the listeners can hear. But yeah, I, my background is, is pretty wild. Um, a little all over the place. I started my career as a uh, sort of a graphic designer right out of college, and I got out of school at the height of the Great Recession. And so my first thought after graduating was, "Oh my God, I'm going to be waiting tables for the rest of my life. Uh, what do I do?" And so I think I think a lot of people who are uh, starting into the workforce today, who are getting their start in business, especially here in Nashville, which is a really hot city. Um, I think they have a lot more choice and options as to um, you know what it is they want to do in their in their career, and, and I think that's great and, and it's really helpful for them. But for me, uh, getting out of school, uh, I was really of the mindset that I needed to take the first job that looked like I had an entryway uh, that I could find, and I was lucky enough to find uh, that path when I was waiting tables. I uh, I had a guest who had come up to me and. We just started a conversation, and I let her know that I have a. Uh, actually, I happen to have a graphic design background, and it just so happened that the graphic designer at her agency was going on maternity leave, and they needed an intern to fill that spot. And uh, so, yeah, I started this healthcare agency as a graphic design intern with a three-month uh, contract, and uh, it turned into a two-and-a-half-year career where graphic design led to opportunities with communication. It was a public relations agency that worked for mega-huge uh, healthcare companies, pharmaceuticals. It was a multinational company, uh, so I had this really awesome experience with a huge company with a large footprint and lots of resources uh, and learned a lot about healthcare. But I also had the benefit of working with a relatively small team at our office in Atlanta, which uh, gave me a lot of – it gave me the insight of – being with a small sort of bootstrappy team with the resources of a full uh, multinational company behind it. So I was really lucky uh, to have that experience. Uh, But I also, I think a few years into that experience, recognized that it wasn't really my end game or what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So um, I ventured out to Nashville. I had a job opportunity here with another agency that ultimately didn't pan out. Um, But I ended up at a uh, sort of the opposite situation. I was with a startup with three guys and um, it it was a small digital marketing agency. Uh, They didn't really know exactly what their niche was at the time. They just knew that they were ready to hit the ground running and work and 
impress some clients and get some results and grow the business. And so you go from this really big agency uh, working with really big companies and you've got very defined roles to this position where it's literally all hands on deck at any given time. And uh, you know any work that comes in, it's hard to say no to that work, even if it's not in your wheelhouse, because you got to make the bills. So, um, you know, everyone's learning new things constantly. Everyone's got their hands in everything. You know, I'm a, I'm an account manager here, but I'm also jumping into design and development and video production and you know, things that are not necessarily my wheelhouse or my comfort zone. But you know, we got to get the job done. So, it was a really big shift in my mindset and. Um, I was really thankful for that experience as well. Ultimately, I think that really small startup life didn't suit me perfectly well, but um, I I looked at to, looked at to something sort of in between here. Start really cool. it yeah. It, it. All right, so we're rolling into segment two here. Chance Strickland of Snapshot Interactive is giving us his career story, and uh, Chance, keep keep rolling here, buddy. Yeah, so as I was saying, I uh, sort of, uh, I was in that, you know, really bootstrappy startup life and uh, decided I wanted something a little bit more established, maybe not necessarily as corporate as uh, what I had before. And uh, the opportunity at Snapshot opened up and it was a really interesting opportunity because at my, uh, at the smaller agency is when I really got my start with, with website development. And uh, I, you know, never really was a coder. I think I knew how to decorate my MySpace page in you know 2005 uh, with a little bit of CSS, and that was about the extent of my knowledge. But uh, this role at the startup really helped me uh, develop some of those skills, and I was really interested in web development and product development around uh, just tech, anything and everything, app development, web development, e-commerce. I just thought it was a really fascinating field and had this opportunity to become a project manager at Snapshot, and I took it. Um, so as a project manager for a few years, I think one of the things that uh, became apparent about myself in that time is that I don't really like doing just one thing. And I like having my hand in all different parts of the creative process. Uh, I love design, I love development, I love strategy, I love uh, content and writing and planning, and I love you know, making the client happy at the end of the day. Uh, I, I really like the whole gamut, and so um, I think what really pushed me at this point was my growing interest in coding and in programming and uh, I again I had no background in it but I was really fascinated by it and I wanted to learn so really just started taking some online courses here and there leaned heavily on the amazing talent at Snapshot the other developers who have been tremendously helpful to me in, in growing my abilities and I expressed to the leadership team uh, my, uh, my wish to move into the development role and they were super supportive of that. And so we laid out a plan. We said, I wanna hit these milestones and um, really just hit the ground running. I took a lot of lot more courses online. I started developing sites in my spare time just for fun and uh, asking all the questions, all the developers I knew. I joined a local meetup group around uh, WordPress development here in Nashville and met a lot of really talented developers there. And so just sort of grew my network of people I could lean on um, when I needed the help and one of the great things about web development one of my favorite things about web development is the community around it um, programmers are really uh, so just generally supportive of one another and uh, the, the whole open source culture lends itself to um, networks of creative uh, smart very smart people who are always willing to reach out and help and anytime I've ever needed anything I've had a number of people I could 
ask questions or lean on, and they've always been more than willing to help. So it's been a tremendously uh, positive thing for me in that regard as well, and something I, I just really enjoyed. So uh, made my transition now in, as a web developer at Snapshot, and funny enough, I, I sort of like still poke my hand back into uh, project management from time to time. I still, at the end of the day, like doing more than one thing. So I, I found myself. Even though I really love development, I'm not really satisfied just developing websites. I like being involved in the process. I like talking to the clients. I like, you know, making sure, sure that the designs are, you know, consistently high quality across the board and that we're producing really good work. Um, I, I just love it all. So it's been a really, really tremendous opportunity. Another really awesome tool to have in my my tool belt uh, with web development, and I'm hoping just to sort of grow it and see where it takes me. Yeah, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like you and I are wired very similar in a lot of ways. I have a lot of respect for you and wanting to be involved and educate yourself and kind of always bring more value to the table. And uh, when I first joined the Snapshot team working in the digital strategy SEO capacity, I remember you were taking on a lot of those questions from clients and I was impressed right away with your ability to uh, basically like be honest with the client about what you did and didn't know but then you would go you would educate yourself around what the right answer would be and you would deliver for them it wasn't just you never passed the buck you always kinda um, put in your put in your work put in your due diligence to give to give the client the best experience possible whether that be even something like SEO or digital marketing project management and uh, of course now coding so my guest today is Chance Strickland and uh, we're gonna roll into segment three here on episode 10 of the Paul Hickey podcast you are listening to episode 10 of the Paul Hickey podcast rolling into segment three with my guest today Chance Strickland Chance is a web developer project manager extraordinaire at Snapshot Interactive and Chance I want to ask you you've got amazing work ethic um, you made some points earlier about putting in the work, um, all the different things that you need to do to become a web developer. Um, you talked about them like they were easy to you, and that's probably because uh, you love it, you're in it, and everything like that. But um, I know that a lot of people have tried to make the transition that you've made, and I'm super impressed. Um, you're super fast. Uh, and because of that, and you do quality work, and because of that, the clients always have a good experience with you. You're awesome to work with. Take us through, like, what was the hardest part about, I know you said you had some experience in a previous job with some coding and things like that, but in terms of your transition recently from project manager to web developer, what was kind of the hardest thing? Did you hit any roadblocks that you had to get through? I've heard people say, like, you have to live it, you have to breathe it to kind of get through. Talk about kind of your challenges and, and the amount of hours that you had to put in kind of outside the office to, to get where you are today. Yeah, well first, <clears throat> I appreciate you saying that because it certainly didn't feel easy to me and I, I don't know if I just sort of, when I talk about it, maybe it sounds like it was a little little more effortless than it actually actually is. It's actually very challenging for me. I, sorry, sorry, I uh, think you, working with you, it makes it seem like I feel like you've been doing it for years no. and years. I feel like you're, like you're a veteran already. So I think like, uh, obviously, it's obvious to me that it's not 
uh, it's not easy. It's not an easy transition. So sorry to cut you off, but I just want want you to know that uh, it's more than just you talking about it. It's actually working with you. That's a really good experience. But anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I, I just want to make sure because I I, I say that just because I don't want other developers that I work with to listen to this <laughs> and make it sound like that I just have it all figured out because I absolutely do not, and I lean on them heavily every day uh, for continuous help and improvement. And uh, I, you know, I break things every day too. That's one one of my uh, sort of running ethos is um, you know break it and fix it later you know, but get it done so um, I, I don't like to wait around on people to uh, to get it done if, if the client needs something done or someone on my team needs something done I want to jump in and help them help them get it get it working and if we break things in the process you, you know you learn from breaking things so if, if the worst that can happen is that um, you know, you, you you strain a relationship, but as long as the communication is there and the intent is there, you can always uh, rebuild that bridge and and um, you know, make the client happy at the end of the day with a good product. And in, in the process, you learn a lot. So, um, yeah, in terms of what that looked like for me, I uh, it really was just uh, putting in uh, hours of studying online. The great thing about the time we live in is that these resources are everywhere. I mean, Code Academy, you can't talk about Code Academy enough because it is a completely free resource online for anybody that wants to do it. You can jump in and learn just sort of the basics of coding. Um, really, I mean, that'll get you started right there. Uh, even just going into YouTube and typing in literally any search string to figure out one specific thing you're looking for in a particular language. Half of being a developer in, you know, people might hate me for saying this, but at least what I've discovered so far, half of being a developer is knowing the right words to Google to figure out how to solve your problem. So if you can uh, if you can start there, you might not end up with the most elegant solution. And that's one of the things that I, I continue to learn every day is how to make my solutions more elegant, more efficient, um, how to make them more uh, programmatically sound. Uh, how to make a better product, but in terms of actually just getting it done, you can you can figure it out pretty easily online just by stringing together a couple Google searches and and figuring it out by trial and error. So honestly, so much of what I've what I've done to learn what I do is just trial and error, breaking things, learning how to fix them, uh, staring at code until my head hurts, um, combing through lines and lines and lines of code, saying you know, thinking to myself, this is perfect. Why is it not working? Only to find a semicolon's missing somewhere and the whole thing breaks as a result. And it's it, simultaneously the most maddening experience, but also the most rewarding experience to, to sort of solve that problem for yourself and, 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 and get it working and uh, at the end of the day delivering a quality product to your client. Yeah, so I think you make a good point about you know not being scared to try things, uh, resources available at your fingertips, Googling things. I mean, these are all you know figure it out on your own type of type of thing that makes you valuable and um, I think it's interesting to know again like don't be scared to try don't be scared to break things don't be scared to learn and I think all of these things make you more and more valuable um, so one one interesting thing that you and I were talking about off the air before the podcast started um, is kind of around how project managers, designers, and developers all work together at an agency to provide a good client experience and kind of what that process looks like. You mentioned to me you love building processes. Talk a little bit about some of the best uh, experiences that you've had. What what do you think works uh, now that you you know 
love again the fact that you can wear multiple hats you've done all these things so no better person really to talk to than you at this point um what what do you think works best in terms of building a process to provide a good client experience on any kind of web or software project yeah i think that's the million dollar question so um and something that i'm still sort of figuring out day by day uh, I, I have certainly learned a lot coming into snapshot we had we had a process officially um, we, I would say that we were following it 80% of the time um, and I, I think that's actually okay I think a lot of people spend too much time obsessing over process and if you stray from the process one bit uh, it's sort of like this collective freak out where you know why are we deviating in any way well every client's different so every client has different problems and you're solving them differently so at the end of the day you might be repeating a, a process but you're gonna run into things with every project that are going to give give you unique challenges that you're gonna have to face so I, I think it's okay to stray from the process but um, you also have to know why you have a process in the first place right so you know, a lot of people hate process, and I, they can be frustrating for sure, but a, a process in the end of the day, when I talk about process, what I mean is, um, you know, sort of a, a blueprint for how the project is going to play out. Um, so it, it means having a good plan in place and understanding all of the pieces that fit into that good plan. Now, with every website, again, every website project's different, right? Every... Um, everyone has their own challenges but they also really have a lot of similarities so in our office we build a lot of websites with WordPress we know every single WordPress with no exception has a number of items that have to be checked off in every project so not having a process means that any of those items can easily be missed if you're not careful um, even deviating from WordPress just basic basic things like making sure your Google Analytics tracking code is in the header of your site uh, throughout on every page if you just if you don't have a process in place, if, if it's not just a simple checklist item, it's really easy to gloss over that when you launch a site. And then six months down the road, you realize when it's time to go doing your, uh, some of your deep dive content strategy work, you've not been gathering analytics for six months. And that, A, looks really bad as a uh, client, client service agency. It looks bad on you for not knowing, not looking like you have your stuff together. But it also impacts the client and then their ability to gain insightful um, data on their website so just things like that are the reason we have a process uh, scaling and growing a company if it's just me doing all the work by myself I can just I just have my own little checklist I knock through it and I'm done right uh, if I'm doing a freelance project you can probably do a freelance project about 10% faster than you can do it with a small team and that small team can do it about 10% faster than you can do it with a large team and that's just sort of the nature of, of scaling anything because you have to make sure that team members aren't working over one another making sure that things aren't getting skipped so always sort of keeping in mind the process is there for a reason um, I sort of danced around the question a little bit but I, I really just wanted to focus on um, sort of why we have a process in the first place um, and then you know, maybe in the next segment we can talk a little bit about what that good process looks like and what we've learned and how we're going to make it better moving forward. Yeah, I think Chance is making a comment to the app creators at Anchor to make the <laughs> segments a little bit longer than five minutes. But we're rolling here. This is good stuff. And uh, I think super interesting to me because every, every client is different and every project is different. And... You do need really good communication, regardless of the process, and you do need a checklist without a doubt. So uh, we're gonna roll into the next segment here. Thanks for listening. 
All right, so talking with Chance Strickland today at uh, Tower Market in Delhi in East Nashville. We're talking about a subject that's very important to us in the agency world. We want to provide a good client experience. We want to work with our teammates to produce results for our clients. Chance has made some great points about not wanting to miss simple things like preach about the Google Analytics. Got to get that done. And there's a lot of things, especially in WordPress, uh, he made the point, that kind of go on every single project that you that you can't miss. And um, I think what Chance was making me think of a minute ago was some clients do love when you roll everything out up front and say, here's exactly how we're going to do it. And then especially when you can deliver on that and do it that exact way, I think it provides a really good experience. Um, so yeah, anything else you want to add around uh, what's worked and really what what hasn't worked, or what what you would do to maybe kind of build the ideal the ideal situation to work with a team? Yeah. So um, I, for me, what I think works the most is uh, you, you start with sort of a, a catch-all template for your process, right? So like we, you know, to talk about process, I, I want to mention a little bit like project management software. Um, a lot of teams use you know one system or the other, whether it's Basecamp or Mavenlink or Rike or uh, Jira or any number of systems out there. All of them uh, sort of have similar structures. So, you know, in our office, we use a, a software called Mavenlink, and um, you know, we start with this boilerplate template for most of our web projects that come through the door. Um, I think not letting like what what's worked best for me is not letting that template dictate. Um, how the process plays out and it, you, you sort of pick up on this um, the more and more, more and more projects you take on you sort of learn how to adapt each project um, to the needs of that client and that project so um, it, no, sort of knowing what the right adjustments to make to each project uh, timeline and process is, is really key and part of that is knowing uh, what works for your team so you know I have a different team on you know, at least when I was managing projects, like I, I talk now, I'm really developing more than anything else. But as a project manager, you know, every project would have a different team. We have a relatively small team, but you know, we might have one designer in this project with a, a developer they work really well with, and then we might get a new designer. Or we might work with a freelance designer on another project, and maybe they don't really understand our processes as well as uh, as someone who'd worked in house, or maybe these two particular people I'm working with don't have the same chemistry that two other people are, uh, I, I may have worked with on another project with have. So you, you have to be able to adapt it not only to the client but the team internally as well, knowing what type of communication suits them, what works well for them, what they're going to miss, just picking up on those things uh, from your team members. And that really is just about communicating. You know, it, um, It's asking for feedback. I, I beg for feedback. I, I know I'm not perfect. I know I screw up a lot and I really depend on my team to tell me what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And at the end of the day, my job as a project manager is always to make their jobs easier and to make sure that they are not necessarily feeling all of the pain points that uh, may exist on, between the client and the agency communication-wise, they just want to get the work done. And that's, that's what I, I'm there to do is to sort of act as a buffer to keep, uh, keep them doing what it is that they do best, and that's doing the work. You're listening to why, one of the many reasons why Snapshot Interactive and the team around Snapshot Interactive provide a great experience for clients and why they build great work product, whether it be websites, videos, animation, 
And uh, Chance hit, hit the nail on the head in terms of the punchline, which is communication. You got good communication and things are going to work. So I want to switch gears a little bit as we roll into the next segment and start to ask Chance some questions around what does he want to achieve in his career and why. I think, uh, Chance, you're super smart, um, great communicator, and uh, kind of has, has, a, has a lot of great perspective, as you can tell from his career overview earlier in the podcast, and just kind of want to get a feel for what he thinks is next for him, what, is, what he aspires to be, and... Uh, where his focus will continue to be as he as he continues to challenge himself throughout his career. Yeah, so I think it's really cool. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know youngsters coming up in college or graduating from college who probably want to get into our line of work. Um, interestingly enough, especially in Nashville, there's just more and more people wanting to move to this area, and I kind of want to get your perspective on not only what's next for you and why where do you where does your mind go in terms of where you see your career going but also any any words of advice for anyone coming up that might be listening looking for a job um trying to differentiate themselves in our in our line of work feel free to take this wherever you want man yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, I think my perspective when I was starting in my career um, really it was defined by sort of the the surroundings, uh, the economy really more than anything else. Um, feeling like I had to take the first job that that comes my way, and you know, not everyone has uh, the luxury that we have in Nashville. I know that we we are really lucky to have a, such a really booming economy and our field is doing really well so it's uh, you know people have their pick even at the beginning of their careers more so than than I did when I was starting out so um, I will say you know take that and and appreciate that for what it is but uh, at the same time like don't rule out experiences that might not line up perfectly with what it is you're trying to do with your five-year ten-year plan just because it doesn't seem like it fits because you you never know what you'll learn from that and how that will contribute to your uh, long-term growth and to your overall plans. Um, I will say, in terms of what's what's next for me, um, man, I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I struggle with this question um, because I think for so long I, I really thought of my career in terms of the... Uh, in, in the terms of the rat race, like, you know, everyone's just trying to get a job and move up the ladder and, and make more money every year, and uh, that's sort of how a lot of people define success. But I've sort of, like, backed up and, and tried to take a more philosophical approach as of late and uh, really take that sort of big rocks structural picture of, like, what I want my life to look like and um, try to design my career around that, which I think is I think is totally key. I think if you don't know what your what you want your life to look like, it, it's really hard to say what you want your your career to look like. Um, you know, a lot of people define success through career success, and some people don't. You know, some people um, really want to raise a family, and that's their primary motivator in life, and so they build a career that lets them be flexible around their family, and that's that's success for that person. If that person um, wants to their end goal, game is to work 40 hours a week, come home and get quality time with their family. Like, I don't hate them. Like that's that's them winning at life, right? Um, and so for me, you know, that might not necessarily be my my personal definition of success, but my personal definition of success also isn't you know make all of the money and expensive all other things. 
the thing I love more than anything else is to travel and, um, and experience new things. And I, I love backpacking and climbing and um, going places on a whim. And so, to me, a life of success is one that is defined by my flexibility that allows me to do those kinds of things. So I've really backed up to look in at how I can sort of build that life for my, myself and position myself in my career to support that overall life goal. And so um, in terms of what, what's next for my career, honestly just um, pushing myself to learn new things and, and build new skills and um, just become better at, at serving my, uh, my work and my clients. Um, positioning myself to uh, to allow for more flexibility in my life so that I can support those goals. I think um, I'm open to anything that comes my way. So I don't really have like a, a good like what's next answer. Like I'm really happy where I am. Snapshot's been great to me. And uh, I love building this team. I love um, running into challenges head on and helping solve them. I love bringing on new team members and, and getting insight from them and learning about their experiences and how we can continue to build this team. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't see myself shying away from that anytime soon. Uh, Snapshot's presented a lot of opportunity for me and they've been really good in allowing me to develop professionally and I'm just super appreciative of that and hope to continue that relationship. So many things are clear now after talking to you in terms of why you have so much knowledge, you love to travel, why you never want to let anybody down. It's because you take the extra time and effort to figure out the right answers. And I think just talking to you today has given hopefully everyone listening some good perspective on not only how to build a successful career in an agency world, but also life in general in terms of I think you're absolutely right when you say you know letting your letting your life goals kind of more dictate what you do as a career is extremely important and I think people lose sight of that and I, I'm kind of sad for people that do and I'm glad you brought that perspective into the podcast today um, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned your love of travel because I remember the last time we had lunch you talked about um, Running, I think running a marathon on every every continent. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, um, it's sort of a stretch goal. I've only run one marathon at this point. It was here in Nashville, but my my next scheduled marathon is in Antarctica. So uh, I will be running the 2019 Antarctic Marathon, which is about the most insane thing I've ever even said as a sentence. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it, but also terrified. Uh, so yeah, at some point, if I can hit all the continents, that'd be pretty pretty sweet. See, I told you he was a badass at the beginning of the <laughs> of the interview. Um, so I got to ask you a couple more questions here before we wrap up. So number one, what is the thing you're most proud of? Ooh, caught me off guard with that one. Most proud of? Uh, I would say, um, I huh, most proud of. I would say I am most proud of uh, the fact that. I have sort of taken that step back from my career and and sort of reevaluated and designed a life uh, that I think works for me. So um, I, I don't know if that makes much sense, but essentially, I I really feel like you should live purposefully. And like I'm not perfect; I'm not a role model, um, but I I do think that I've done a pretty decent job at at sort of building a life that works for me and and opening myself up to 
hopefully help others in whatever way that I can uh, do that. I, I think that um, I, I'm proud of the fact that uh, I am able to help people. Um, I, I don't know. That's a that's a tough a tough question, but uh, I. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it, man. I mean, that makes total sense to me, and um, it takes it takes a big person to be able to do that. And I think you've done it in a way. And I don't know that I've um, experienced all of this like in the last year with you, but like from what I've observed, like you haven't annoyed anyone <laughs> in the process. If that makes sense, like you've done you. You've. It seems like at some point in your career you've reevaluated taken a step back and then continued to grind and do the hard work but in the meantime like no one has felt that i guess is what you're trying to say and i think that that's a compliment in the way that like as as reflective of of your life as you are you're not negatively impacting anyone around you or slowing things down you're basically making everybody else around you better and i think that's awesome so Last question of the day. Uh, if there's one thing that you could change about any decision that you've made any, at any point in life, it could even be just be like fun when you were a little kid or something. If there's anything you could change about any decision you've made in life, what would it be? I would have probably asked myself some of these bigger picture questions much earlier on. Uh, I, you know, I, I was the first in my family to go to college, and so like I, I didn't really. Um, think super purposefully about that whole time in my life about college or about education or about career it was always you know I I learned growing up that you know if you go to college you're gonna have an easier life than if you don't so that was just always what I was gonna do and so that was about the extent to which I really thought about my career up through college honestly like I I started uh, started school as a major in architecture and um, you know that was just always because I like drawing and it turns out you don't even draw that much as an architect anymore so it really was sort of a bust but um, you know after realizing that that wasn't where I wanted my life to go um, taking a step back and, and taking that bigger picture look if I could have done that much much earlier I think I'd be further along for it now but you know we're here can't move backwards so it's just a uh, keep going forward wrap up Chance Strickland, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We definitely have to do this again. There's so many layers to you. I feel bad that we've had to stop every five minutes and regroup. Next time we do this, we're just going to roll straight through, and I'm going to edit it later. But uh, thanks for obliging on the Anchor app and allowing me to kind of edit as we go here. This was awesome. Hopefully you'll come back, and uh, I hope that of maybe the five people listening right now, that you can share this and maybe Chance will share it to his network and uh, if he ever does anything like this I'm happy to uh, to be a guest on his show but TBD on that Yeah. Think, thanks again man I think if we try really hard we can double your audience and get 10 people this time around I, I, I think I, I know a few people so we'll, we'll get them listening that's why I wanted you on the show you're a popular man that's right thanks again